hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Nostin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely blessed day today. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend, and hope you enjoyed the Hagman Report on Friday. Doug and I were on the show, and we did a little pre-recorded one. We were going to air it a little bit later, and it was interesting. During the show, right during the show, the verdict came through with Kyle Rittenhouse, and so we talked about it briefly and basically kind of talked about a few things that we thought about, you know, the whole incident because nothing had really come out yet, and so we hadn't really had a chance to look at what was going to happen, and he asked me, he said, what do you think is going to happen in Kenosha tonight? This is on Friday afternoon, recording like 1 o'clock, and I said, personally, I said, I'm not sure. It could go either way. I said, here's what you're going to have factoring in. I said, a, you have the one side that you may have some of the brazen criminal elements that are bought and paid for by George Soros come in and still try to cause more damage. I said, but one factor that I think will happen, and I said, if they do this or not, I said, it depends. I said, I don't know how resilient and strong the actual community of Kenosha is. I've never been there. I said, but one thing it's going to do with this verdict now is it's going to let all of these looters and thugs and arsonists that show up to these rallies, which some of them are peaceful rallies to begin with, like we saw in Lakeland one time, and then it quickly escalated again into a violent fiasco until the sheriff's department had to come out there and start shooting people with tear gas. It was interesting. But what it did was it let everybody know in Kenosha that they weren't going to tolerate any more crap. And if people want to show up and they want to start looting and rioting and pillaging the city, they're going to get shot. And that's what everybody needs to start understanding is the resilient, self-sufficient factor that we have a right to by not only our Constitution but God Almighty. We have a right of self-defense. You have a right to protect yourself and protect your family and protect your hard-earned work. This is a concept that they are trying to remove from society in order to create a, a community of lawlessness so that they can come in, the banking boys, the globalist Rothschild elite banker boys, and they can come in and act like the great saviors and save the day with their peacekeeping troops from the United Nations. This is my opinion, but that's what it appears they're trying to do. Now, what's interesting about this, I pulled up a, just a couple searches, just Kyle Rittenhouse, just typed it in to see what the mainstream media <clears throat> excuse me, was saying about all this. And here, here were some of just the just headlines, not anything positive, not one single positive, not one single positive positive news article about him at all one of them reese witherspoon the world where kyle rittenhouse goes free isn't safe for any of us west side story star rochelle zegler rittenhouse verdict is the epitome of white privilege msnbc tiffany cross rittenhouse is a little murderous white supremacist Ilian omar the muslim congressional individual showed the video and said it was effed up what Rittenhouse did. Another article came in from Rittenhouse's attorney. I've had to quit answering my phone after being inundated with death threats. That was actually on Breitbart. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And I mean, it is the top leading topic right now. 
pretty much 99% of every topic is Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. Now, the concept of Kyle Rittenhouse being asked to come to a city that his father lives in to protect some of the local businesses and the car dealership and coming over there and helping out his other friends from looters that are trying to burn down a car dealership and burn down a gas station and ended up shooting a convicted pedophile who tried to take his rifle from him, shot another individual in the arm that pulled a pistol on him that was a convicted felon, and shot and killed another individual that was beating him with a skateboard that was also basically a criminal. All three of the individuals that he killed were not law-abiding citizens, and none of them, by the way, were doing anything positive that night. They were all out there causing death, mayhem, and destruction. Maybe not death, but mayhem, destruction, vandalism. So that's the topic, and you have a you have a jury of almost all predominantly women, with I think two black women in there. Rule, he's not guilty by a jury of his peers, and the left has gone nuts. Now here's the topic that nobody wants to bring up. <laughs> Why is nobody discussing that 31 people were shot in Chicago over the week and five of them being killed? Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about California Nordstrom ransacked by 80 looters in ski masks and crowbars run off with almost $100,000 in merchandise as they pepper spray employees and beat employees while they break into the store and steal merchandise and run off. Well, nobody's going to talk about that. Or about the, I saw this earlier, a rapper, Young Dolph, I don't know much about. He lived in Memphis, Tennessee. He was going to go buy cookies at a local cookie store in Memphis, which, by the way, Memphis is about as dangerous as Chicago is. And broad daylight, white Mercedes pulls up. Two guys jump out. One's got a pistol. One's got an automatic AK. And they machine gun him down in front of the store. This is a multimillionaire rapper. It's worth like $3 4000000 million. Nobody talks about that the gun violence and the drugs and the crime and the poverty in Memphis. No, they want to talk about an individual who was a law-abiding citizen who went to a city to help protect his fellow citizens and ended up shooting three criminals. Now, I'm not telling anybody and I'm not encouraging anybody to go get in gunfights. I've told you that before and so is that. I'm not encouraging people to go looking for a fight because it's never a good thing. But what I am bringing up here, and I want everybody to realize this, this is nothing short than an attempted rewrite of our own personal rights to be able to protect ourselves and our family. They are absolutely irate. The media, the communists, the government, the bankers, they are irate that people still have a right to defend themselves in this country. And this trial absolutely threw a wrench in their attempt to try to convince people that we are not allowed to protect ourselves or protect our family. And we pretty much just need to let people run around and firebomb cities, ransack buildings, rob, pillage, rape, steal, destroy everything they touch. And it's just mostly peaceful protesting. That is what they attempted to do last year. That is what they're still attempting to do. And that is why you see literally hundreds of news articles right now all talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, a white supremacist, which he has no connection to that that I've seen whatsoever. And the three individuals he shot were all white. But yet nobody wants to talk about Chicago or people being machine gunned down in Memphis or Nordstrom being ransacked by 80 criminals in ski masks and crowbars. None of that gets any type of topic at all. 
there's another incident I saw in another place in Wisconsin where an SUV plowed through a Christmas market, ended up killing five people and injured 40. He ran through and drove through all these people. Again, nothing gets brought up about that. Why? Because none of those stories I just talked about go along with their narrative. Black-on-black crime, criminal and poverty and drug use and violent gangs in cities like Memphis and Chicago, an individual running his SUV through a parade. None of those meet the criteria of the narrative, and you have to remember what their idea of this is is pretty much the world is a stage, as Shakespeare said, and the men and women are merely players. That's exactly how they want us to watch everything. It's like the Truman Show to them. And the longer they keep everybody blinded and everybody focused on the narrative that they want. And remember, if you say something, this Gutlib found this out with the propaganda in Germany. If you say a lie long enough and you make it big enough and you repeat it enough over and over and over again, majority of people will begin to believe it. As we've seen with COVID, as we've seen with a lot of the wars, as we've seen with numerous aspects of the lies and propaganda and false flags, this is the goal to demonize anybody that defends themselves or defends their property or defends their community. That is why what is happening is happening right now in the mainstream media. But I just want to address that because we didn't get to talk about it on Friday. On the Hagman Show, it was also new, but that's exactly what you're watching right now. So remember and understand what you're getting exposed to, and that 99% of what you see on the mainstream media is lies and propaganda designed to manipulate your mind and the way you think and perceive the current reality that we're in right now, Deb. What do you think? You know, you're right. And, you know, and it was Goebbels who basically in Germany who was the propaganda minister. So if you tell the lie big enough and long enough, people believe the lie because they want to believe the lie. Jesus said it this way, light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. I mean, the people on this planet, they don't want to know the truth. They really don't like that one movie with a few good men with, you know, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. You don't want to know the truth. You know, you can't handle the truth. And see, this is where we have ourselves right now in the United States. The people don't want to believe that there's a problem. They don't. The worst are the pastors in the pulpit, the pansies in the pulpit. There are a few good pastors out there that tell the truth, but 99 percent of them aren't because they're scared. Nobody wants to talk about from the pulpit what just happened at Liberty University where this girl was basically raped. And she was told that it's the Liberty way to be quiet, not say anything. It's made major news again. You know, Jerry Falwell Jr. had come in and massively increased the endowment there to about like a billion dollars. And yet the school basically is in shambles right now from a lack of moral leadership and complete and total moral decay within the university itself. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But the church is the one who's supposed to stop this. They're supposed to be the, the, the block, the stalwart. They're supposed to stand there like a giant dam and say, no, we're going to hold off this whole onslaught, onslaught of evil. But then you got a picture of Pope John basically blessing just Lane Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein who just hit the media back in about 2003. They actually had a personal meeting with the pope. Then you got a pope now who's basically involved with the communists, and I've told you this repeatedly. I posted this on the Health Masters website in working with demonic influences within the Catholic Church. I mean, it never stops. So we have a war that's a spiritual battle that we talk about all the time on this show, which everybody else seems just to ignore. Nobody wants to talk about the, the guy who drove through this crowded Waukesha 
Wisconsin and he was black and he was a rapper and he had just gotten out of jail. And some people said he was absolutely hated white people. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. He could have been stoned out of his mind, not even realize what he was doing. He drove through that crowd. I mean, on and on and on, people in the United States want to believe, because of normalcy bias, that everything's going to be okay. This weekend, I talked to a friend of mine up in New York, and we, we had a picture of, actually, we were, out, we were out on our property out here up in North Carolina this weekend. We're still here, and Sharon was out training with her with her weapon, my wife. She's, she's, like, she's a pretty good marksman, and she likes to shoot guns all the time, and we posted a few pictures on, her, on the ST Brewer with her shooting the guns. And what was funny is... <laughs> You know, I had these people contacting me, you know, who basically didn't know that Sharon was into guns saying, oh, do you guys carry guns? I'm like, yeah, we carry guns. And why do you do that? Because we protect ourselves. Is it that bad in Florida? You have to protect yourself? I said, no, not where we live because we carry guns. It's not bad at all. It's really nice because everybody can defend themselves. And the people of Wisconsin have just sent a big, how should I say, flare gun up that said, hey, look, you come here to rape, kill, pillage or destroy our properties. We're going to defend ourselves. And we're going to find these people not guilty when they do this. And so we got a whole stuff going on. Remember, though, remember the, the media. The media is hammering. And, and by the way, that one girl who played on Legally Blonde, Reese Witherspoon, who's saying all these horrible things, she's an unbelievably hardcore leftist liberal, probably lesbian weirdo. So just, you know, <laughs> be careful who you support in these movies. Yesterday, we were at the Biltmore State. And those of you who are on, on the ST Brower account again, we sent you some pictures from Biltmore. And we last time we were here, we had a group of a couple of lesbians sitting over under a tree with their dogs, and they were basically talking, you know, liberal stuff. And I basically walked over to them and I engaged them in conversation, and I started asking them questions they could not answer. And so yesterday we were walking back that by that same spot again, and I looked at Sharon and I said, "There's the spot where we had the two anti-gun liberal lesbians spouting out their liberal agenda." The last time we were here, now I'm talking normal voice, and people were coming towards us, and they were like <gasps> aghast, and they heard me say that. And finally, one lady comes walking by with the rest of that group. She's trailing it, probably not with them, and said, I'm with you 100% on what you just said. And so we are making a difference in how we're dealing with this. But the biggest thing we have to do – now listen to me, my friends. I had a chance to pray for you guys this morning. It's really important. you got to get vocal. <laughs> you got to go politically incorrect. They've forced all of us into a shoe mold that we don't fit as Christians, and Christians have willingly allowed themselves to conform to the standards of this world, and that's not okay. That's a problem, isn't it? I mean, we've allowed ourselves to be told from the pastor by these pansies in the pulpit, and by the way, I want to use another word this morning, but I'm not going to do it, that these pansies in the pulpit are our leaders, and they're telling us from the pulpit to take the shot. Are you kidding me? No, no, I'm telling you. They're telling you to do that. You know, look, look at look at Billy Graham, you know, Jr. or Franklin Graham or whatever his name is. You know, now he's got, you know, pericarditis, myocarditis, and he's had to have heart surgery. He was pushing, 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 pushing the shot. Germany is now saying they're closing down all their Christmas markets again in, in the Bavaria area. <laughs> I mean, mean you got to realize, I've been to the Christmas markets in Germany three or four times. If you ever get a chance to go, if they ever open up again, you need to go. There are literally a hundred of them all over the country, and you can go from day to day, do one or two Christmas markets. They have an absolute blast. It's really a lot of fun. But again, that promotes Jesus, doesn't it? There's all kinds of nativity scenes, pictures of the cross, pictures of Christ, pictures of the manger, all of this stuff in Germany. But they don't want that, do they? They want to destroy anything that was left of Germany. And, of course, they hired Angela Merkel to do that. Now, if you look at the Drudge Report this morning, 
just the top stories, here's what it says in Germany and Europe right now. Rage across Europe as COVID rules trigger riots. New lockdown fury. Dutch police open fire. France special forces quelled the wild Caribbean unrest. Very explosive. Tens of thousands, by the way. This is not tens of thousands. Millions throughout Europe march against these measures. Shot holdouts face $4,000 fine in Austria. Merkel says spike protein and the spike damage is worse than anything ever seen before. Germans, Germans, listen to this. Germans will be vaccinated, cured, or dead. Wow. Crisis pits jabbed versus the unjabbed. How many shots will be required in the USA? Israel preparing for the fourth dose. Disney, which is kind of shocking to me, puts a policy on hold for employees. I guess too many people were quitting for them to keep pushing this thing as far as forcing people to get shot up. Marine compliance, military's worst. And children's age five to nine, the highest infection rate in Maine. Unbelievable what's happening right here with the COVID apocalypse. A couple, a couple of more things here. This is all starting to see. In the Waterloo, Ontario area, between January to June 2021, there were 86 stillbirths, with the usual number about five. At a Women's and Children's Hospital of Vancouver, there were 13 stillbirths in just a 24-hour period of women who had received the vaccines. In Scotland, an investigation has been launched into the spike in the deaths of newborns, with 21 died in one month in Scotland. A new German study shows that the higher the vaccination rate in a country, the higher the excess mortality – with the author's writing, the correlation is plus three one is amazingly high and especially unexpected direction. Excess mortality can be observed in all 16 countries with people that have been vaccinated. In England, vaccinated adults under 60 have been dying at twice the rate of unvaccinated people for the past six months. This chart is based on the weekly data from the British government. The, and we have to understand something, guys. The upshot shot is that the vaccinated people under 60 are twice as likely to die as unvaccinated people. Now, what's crazy about this is they're saying it's the upshot, but why is that the upshot? I mean, we know that these people are dying at a high rate. Again, is this something they're trying to do just to get rid of the surplus population of people who don't want to listen, who aren't really very bright, who want to be forced into compliance by a tyrannical government? I mean, this is insanity that this is happening all over Europe and that people are sitting there and saying, oh, wow, this is awful. What else are we going to do? We've got vaccinated doctors are dying and unvaccinated doctors are quitting or being fired. I mean, who's, we have to ask ourselves the questions. Who's going to run the hospitals? I mean, who's going to run it? Since the rollout of the experimental COVID-19 shots began, we have seen many stories of medical professionals dying or being crippled by experimental shots. The corporate media tries to hide these stories because it's bad business for their main sponsors, such as Pfizer. Imagine that. It has been widely reported in alt media this week that the public is catching on to the fact that when publicly visible people die, the corporate media is hiding their COVID-19 vaccination status. That would be Franklin Graham. Nobody wants to talk about it. Who also searches in such a died suddenly or died unexpectedly is stored in the recent weeks. Guys, you know, about a third of the hospital staff in the U.S. right now, according to Forbes, are not vaccinated. And these people, a lot of them, are not going to get vaccinated because they know that their friends and their co-workers are dying and dropping dead, and they don't want to be in the middle of this mess. They don't want to be part of the COVID apocalypse. And, guys, more and more people are going to die this winter. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be very, very candid on how I say this. You've got to keep your immune system strong, especially if you've been forced into a vaccination protocol. You really do. You need to be taking extra vitamin C. 
every single day. You need to be taking D3, K2 on a regular basis, keeping your DRA levels around 80 to 90. You need to be taking at least 12.5 milligrams of potassium iodine every single day. I can't urge you enough that <laughs> to do this. This is so critical that you keep your immune system really be- be- beefed up. And then take some D, some zinc also. And take some, you know, quercetol. I mean, all these things are so important that you take these supplements on a daily basis. I know right now I had to spend a night in Asheville. I've been so careful. I've been swabbing my nose out with colloidal silver when I go out in the public places. I've been doing all of these things as carefully as I possibly can to try to avoid groups and crowds. And here in North Carolina, the governor has now come in and said, and the county has come in and said that everybody in this county has to wear masks again inside. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and the sad part about it is a lot of people are complying with the mask regulations again. Guys, listen to me. I've told you now for almost two years. This is a, so, so the redundancy of this has gotten to the point of being lunacy for me. Masks don't work. However, if you are sick and you are sneezing and you are acting like you're going to die because of some kind of cold or the flu, you need, just need to stay at home. But I do feel better yesterday. I was sitting in the restaurant, and this lady was sitting beside me, and she was coughing and hacking, and she was wearing a mask. And I thought, well, at least it'll stop most of the particulates from coming through her mask as far as the water droplets. And then I started talking to her, and she's a nurse. And she just looked at me, and she goes, they're killing everybody in the hospitals. <laughs> she's telling me this. She's, and I said, do you know about remdesivir? She goes, yeah. She goes, they put them on remdesivir, they end up on a ventilator, and they die. She goes, it's horrible what's happening in the hospitals. She goes, I, I don't even want to be a nurse anymore. This is just random person sitting beside me. So the news out there of what remdesivir does and what they're doing in the hospitals and the amount of deaths associated with this are finally people far starting starting to get it. That's why only about 17 people, 17 percent of the population of the United States has received the second jab because suddenly they realize, oops, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. I'm not doing it again. And this is the problem that Biden's run into, and it's a problem that this administration is always going to have because they try to force people through coercion and through basically sanctions you know, to get things done. Or now they're opening up the airports again to you if you're a good little peasant and you've been vaccinated, and now you can travel again. So they give you the stick and the carrot, the stick and the carrot. We're not Pavlovian conditioning protocols, what this is. They're training us to be good little lab rats, and if you're a good little lab rat, you get a carrot. I don't want a carrot. They can keep their stinking carrots. They can keep their stinking travel to Europe. Christmas markets are closed down over there. Anyhow, I have no interest in going over there. I've been over there enough. So what's the point? What's the point of leaving and going somewhere that you know that you're going to have to compromise your health to go there by taking an injection of some type of experimental nightmare product? I was talking to a former FDA, one of the top people in the FDA, actually, this weekend, and this individual PhD from Harvard and also a medical doctor said that when they used to give experimental vaccines or experimental drugs to anybody back in the 80s when she worked for the FDA, that they were told not to approve drugs if there was any chance whatsoever that they would be toxic, ever. And she said the only time they would ever approve an experimental use for a particular product or a particular type of patient group is through compassion. Like if a person had AIDS and they were going blind and this drug may prevent them from going blind, from an experimental standpoint, they would let them have it. But they would just never give it to the general population. And then she asked me, she, she's kind of clueless about this. And she asked me, she goes, was this approved as an experimental vaccine? I said, yeah. She goes, which one? I said, all of them. She goes, oh, wow. Now she's taking the vaccine. Here's the problem, right? That's the rub. She believed that the FDA had approved this through the normal course of procedures without reading what was going on as far as in the general population and in alternative news 
that's reporting on what's happening in theirs and reporting on what's happening with the reports that are coming out of Europe, but people just dropping dead in hospitals, basically not having people staff. But remember what I told you, they really hate Germany because Germany was the third largest economic power in the world. They were the economic world engine of Europe that drove the European economy, Germany. By itself, Germany. They didn't like the fact that Germany had thrown out the central bankers in 1938 and had gone to debt-free currency. They didn't like the fact that Germans had stood up against the tyranny of the New World Order and the Kabbalist Luciferians back in 1938. They didn't like any of that. And they've kind of sworn a blood oath to kill the Germans, and they helped to do that, again, by bringing in Angela Merkel. Eisenhower did it with millions of Germans dying in his death camps after World War II when he locked his soldiers up and said they were enemy combatants and then classified them as troops and kept them behind barbed wire until they starved to death. Do the research on this. I'm not making any of this stuff up. I never do. So they're going to do everything they can to continue to destroy the DNA in Germany. They brought in millions and millions of people out of Africa and Somalia and this giant exodus through Libya of Africa into Germany to try to have them help them with their BMW factories. They tell the people in Germany not to have children. They tell the people in Germany they're bad Germans because their grandparents were involved in World War II and their great-grandparents were involved with World War I. I remember years ago, I was at a gun show. It was a shot show. It was in Orlando. It's usually in Vegas. Big show. All kinds of really cool weapons. It was interesting. I'm talking to some guy, and he's talking to me, and he's behind this counter. But all these have all these different weapons. And I asked him, I said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Canada. I said, no, you're not. You're German. And I started speaking German to him. And he goes, don't tell anybody I'm German. <laughs> he says this to me. And I said, why? He goes, oh, no, no, you can't. People, because of World War II and what's happened in all the propaganda and the media, I have, to, I have to tell everybody I'm Canadian. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, just you had nothing to do with what happened. And quite frankly, when we stood against – when the German people stood against the tyranny of the international banking community in the 30s, it was one of the last chances, I believe, that the whole planet had a chance to shake themselves loose from the shackles of the Kabbalist international Luciferian banking cartel. The problem is – the people have been so drugged down with all of these chemicals now in the food supply and the fluoride in the water supply that nobody really has the resolve to say anything anymore. Everybody wants to be just compliant and get along. You go along to get along is the common phrase. The other day I was – on Saturday or Friday, it was Sunday. No, it was Saturday. I was over at the airport in Blairsville. I stopped by Walmart to get some fuel, and, and there was basically four Apache helicopter gunships sitting on the tarmac at the public airport. And they were having a tour. <laughs> they were having a tour. And was, these were Army helicopters. So Sharon and I walked out on the tarmac. I was wearing my <laughs> – I was not planning on going and having photographs taken, right? So I'm wearing my, my gym shorts, and I'm having my – I had to put a down jacket on because it was kind of breezy outside. And so Sharon posted some pictures of me in my gym shorts and getting into an Apache helicopter. And I want to thank you guys for all of the <laughs> – the funny comments you made on the ST Brower account about me running around a pair of shorts with a down jacket on. It wasn't the plan, guys. I didn't go out that way to do that that day. But I got to sit in one of the Apache gunships. I got to talk to the pilot. He explained to me how the how the surfaces worked on the aircraft, how it flew, how it had 2,500 horsepower, how it had a it flew at maximum elevation. It could fly. It was about 8,000 feet at about 150 knots. He was giving me all this information on it, and I loved it. I had a blast. Then I started asking them about the vaccines. And the guy goes, yeah, they've forced us to do it. And I said, are you guys having to take it? She goes, we, we had to. He said, we don't want to do it, but we had to. And then the one guy was from England. He was like an exchange. He was working with the British military, with the United States Army. And I started asking him questions. And I said, well, you know, 
have you thought, have you wondered why all everybody around here carries guns? He goes, it's the weirdest thing. He said, England, we're not allowed to own guns. He goes, everybody here in the South, here in Georgia, everybody's got guns. They all have concealed weapons permits. I, he says, my roommate has a dog on AR-15 on his wall in his apartment. I said, yeah, that's the South. That's the same spirit that we had in 1851. And I said, it's the same spirit that's still here. We hate tyranny. He goes, wow. He goes, your country's really cool. I've been here for about a year now. It's really nice because of the freedom we have here. He goes, we didn't have that kind of freedom in England. We never have. And when the COVID stuff stopped, we got really locked down. I said, I know. But it's the freedom the United States has, that light on the hill that has been the shining, how should I say, hope for the entire planet for over 100 years. And that's why the bank had to come in and extinguish that in 1913, over 100 years ago now with the Federal Reserve Act. They had to come in and take away our freedom. And guys, I told you this two years ago, and it's the only thing, and we're the only show that said it, the only group of people to have the power to shut down the economic world engine and choke off supply lines and all the things and all the examples I've used before in the past are the international Kabbalist bankers. That's it. Working with State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, the Bloodline families to do this. They're doing it to us right now. And the fallout from the economic damage that's being caused right now is going to be much worse for the planet than this COVID mess. I'm letting you know that. It's going to cause giant upheavals all over Europe. Millions of people basically protesting, if not rioting in Europe, Belgium, and some of these other places are having to deploy weapons you know, with rubber bullets to try to stop the masses because they're so angry at what their governments are doing. Guys – they haven't been fluorided down like we have in the United States over there. They're going to have their handfuls with a lot of these people in these European countries, and they haven't been vaccinated into a stupor in these countries. And they're standing against this tyranny. But where is this stand against? Oh, that's right. That's right. And back in January the 6th, we went up to D.C., didn't we? Donald Trump called us up there and said, we need to stand against what happened with the election. I'll stand with you. And he promoted everybody going to the Capitol building and but the six, eight hundred people who were arrested, basically rotten jail. Not many of them are going to prison for years. That was Donald Trump. Don't forget that. He could have pardoned every single person, but all he cares about is Trump. That's why he basically did everything he could to seduce as many married women through as lifetime as he possibly could. It's the sickest thing I've ever seen that people are supporting this guy still. Stand firm in your conviction. Stand firm in Jesus because he's our hope. We've got to stand firm. If we will stand firm against this and speak out against political correctness whenever you get a chance. Morning in a restaurant, I prayed. And I prayed loud enough that everybody could hear me. Now, I wasn't obnoxious. I wasn't screaming. I didn't do a sermon. But I made sure everybody around me at the tables could hear me praying in the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's important to me to let people know that there's still Christians out there that want to be heard. And we're proud of our faith. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you're absolutely right. This is so important. It's so important that everybody continues to be vocal. It's always been a <laughs> almost comical to me, just from, from an ironic standpoint, how the left are unbelievably militant about their perverted ideology, all the way from changing the reality, telling people that grown men can have babies and have periods and all this other weird weird stuff they come up with and they're hardcore militant about it this is science men can have babies no no they can't you're a moron that's not reality we're not going to live in your fantasy world and then they have a conniption fit 
you can't say that. You're homophobic. You're transphobic. And they come up with all these random words. They can turn around and be unbelievably obnoxious, unbelievably vocal, unbelievably militant with the most asinine of ideas. <laughs> and if we even question what they are saying, all of a sudden we're transphobic, neo-Nazi, white supremacist. Does anybody else find that ironic? That's why I've said before. We're no longer going to play the, okay, we're going to be passive and be tolerant and let it go game. I've been done with that for years now. And COVID, I think, woke a lot of people up to that concept as well. The only way this stops is when we push back and say no. I've said this analogy repeatedly, and almost everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you're dealing with a bully in school – and he's constantly pushing you, and he's constantly stealing your lunch money, and he's constantly shoving you up against the locker, and he's constantly harassing you. You can sit there and say, "I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Bully. I, I don't I don't mean to offend you. I don't I don't want to make you upset." Do you think, under any circumstances, is that going to stop him from bullying you? By no means. It's going to make it worse and worse and worse. The only thing that stops a bully when he pushes you is for you to turn around and hit him as hard as you can right in the nose. Now, you may get in a full-blown fist fight. You may get knocked out. You may get your nose broke. But I promise you, the next time he thinks about pushing you and harassing you, he's going to go, dang, that kid hit me really hard in the nose. That wasn't fun. I think I'm just going to let him be and go pick on somebody else. Remember what Mike Tyson used to always say, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. That concept has eluded the vast majority of the American populace nowadays. Nobody wants to get hit in the face, and nobody wants to push back, so everybody just sits there and tolerates what's being done to them. And I'm using the hit in the face as an analogy. I'm not encouraging people to walk around and punch each other in the face unless you need to defend yourself. So let me clarify that. But what we're seeing now is a giant bully in the form of a tyrannical government through banking-controlled and pharmaceutical-controlled means. As you've seen now, the FDA is completely and totally compromised by Big Pharma. Pfizer pretty much owns the FDA. I mean, that's been very clear now. They've shown us that. When the FDA advisory panel votes unanimously against the, the Pfizer booster shot, and then the FDA leaders turn around and say, no, it's totally cool. We're going we're gonna to approve the booster shot. Now, what's interesting is that nobody wants to keep asking the question, if the shot is so effective, why is everybody getting sick from the shot and also still getting sick from COVID? You saw what happened now out in California. It was interesting. I, was, I started laughing the other day when I saw it. They said, the mystery emerges in Los Angeles County. Officials are trying to understand why L.A.'s highest coronavirus cases are currently in communities with the highest vaccination rate. It's a mystery. How, how did this happen? How did this occur? Because the shot was never designed to protect you against COVID. For some odd reason, that concept has eluded everybody. The shot was never designed to protect you against anything. It was a giant experiment to see what RNA gene therapy was going to do to hundreds of millions of people in the United States. That's all it was about. And it's been used now as a precursor to the vaccine passport, which 
if people allow this to go on and people continue to comply with this, it will be the final surveillance tool implemented that will ruin this country and remove it from being a Republican history. It will be. The United States will no longer be a republic if the vaccine passports actually be fully implemented in this country. It's over with. Doug and I talked about that on Friday. This whole concept of you having to actually show your papers to enter a building and enter a store and go buy food and go shopping and go to a restaurant, this concept that people are okay with this boggles my mind. And again, it's because people have been told over and over and over and over again the lie. Make the lie big enough, say the lie long enough, people will eventually believe anything you tell them. This entire COVID is complete and total sham. Yes, the virus is very real. There's no question about that. I caught it personally, whooped my butt for about three or four days, and I kicked out of it. And, of course, I was hammering the C and the D and the zinc and everything before and during and after and still currently do. And my immune system bounced back pretty quick. But this concept of us giving up our rights, us giving up our freedom, us giving up our complete and total right to speak. I mean, I, I read you guys the memo basically from the uh, National Nursing Board last week that one Atlanta's Nursing Friends Center blatantly saying that if nurses say anything that counters the CDC and FDA about masks, about lockdowns, about COVID, about remdesivir, about treatments, about you know, uh, uh, anything, anything, you name it, that they can be terminated and have their nursing license completely removed from them if they say anything that goes against the CDC and the FDA. Now, why is that? Is it because they're doing it for people's protection? Because they want to make sure that the CDC and the FDA are the only ones that are speaking the truth. No, it's because you are not allowed to have a disagreeing voice in a tyrannical society. You're not allowed to question it. Remember how it was back in the old times over in England and Europe? You had the kings and the peasants. Dude, if the peasant said something to a king and the king didn't like it, he just said, take his head off real quick. Go, go take him over the chopping block. I don't like the way he looked at me. Hang him from the bridge. There was, there was no trial. There was no jury of your peers. There was no rebuttal. You didn't get to have a say in it. They said, no, no, take his head off. I don't like him. He makes me angry looking at me like that. That's what they did. And that's exactly what Schwab and all these complete and total low-life satanic globalists want to take it back to. That's why they've made the term, and they said it in the World Health Organization, or excuse me, in the World Economic Forum, you will own nothing and you will like it. That is not a analogy. They are literally telling you that's where they want to take this. And the only way to do it is to completely and totally collapse society, collapse the dollar, make everything as violent as possible, tell you you can't support, you can't protect, you can't do anything without permission, but we're going to make sure we take care of you because it's, it's for your safety. You know, it's funny because you look at all the stuff that occurred, and I've seen this now repeatedly with people that have basically watched the mainstream media. And they believe the lies. Most people have no idea what remdesivir is. I talk to people about it all the time. They have no idea what it is. No idea. They don't even know that's standard care now. It's one of the most toxic intravenous antiviral drugs in the world. In the world, when you look at the research on it. Three to five days, maximum, maximum tolerance in human beings. All, everything after that goes into full-blown organ failure. Every single time. Even in the clinical trials, they had to pull like half the people off of it the first two to three days 
because their liver enzymes and their kidney values got so bad so fast. People go, that's not true. Look it up. Look at the clinical trials. Look it up on Wikipedia if you just want to look at something basic. It blatantly says main side effects, organ failure, respiratory failure. (laughs) But yet people don't want to believe it because they'd rather believe the lie because the lie is so big now. And this is the thing everybody's got to grasp. Understand this. You have to come to a point in your life with concrete rational thought and with reasoning skills. If you have believed a lie, if you have accepted a lie, and you later find out that it's really a lie, you have to have enough cognitive ability to step back and say, man, they got me on that one. They got That's me right. on that one. I got took down the river. I got taken down the river. And basically, I got played. I won't let that happen again. And that's the biggest problem that we're running into right now is the lie has been so big and so aggressive that the vast majority of people now, they can't mentally cope with accepting that it was a lie. They still have to believe that it's the truth and it's the only thing you're allowed. This is why social media has gotten so restrictive. This is why YouTube and Google, they've become so communistic. They completely censor anything you say. Remember when Rittenhouse first got arrested? They blocked any donations to him. Remember the law enforcement officer that donated to his fund was fired, was fired for donating to Kyle Rittenhouse's fund? Remember all that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he got completely acquitted, not guilty on everything. People don't even think that, understand that Kyle put out a dumpster fire that was being rolled to a gas station to blow it up. People don't even know that police were told to stand down and let the business be destroyed. People don't even know that Kyle's dad, grandma, lived in Kenosha. People don't know that Rosenbaum was a convicted pedophile on multiple accounts. No, no one wants to believe any of that. They go, no, he's a white supremacist. Why? Because CNN said so. Guys, it is so important we get the truth out there. As it clearly says in the Bible, the truth will set you free. You have to understand what is going on, and you have to be mentally acute enough to say, okay, I got played on this one. It's not going to happen again. Here's what I can do to fix the problem. Here's what I can do. Stop complying. Stop giving in and stop submitting. When that happens, the entire narrative changes, as we saw on Friday, and they can't stand that. And then at that point, It's our responsibility. It's our duty as patriots to step in and say, okay, now we're taking a step further. Now we're pushing back further. Now we're pushing back harder. We will live as free men, and we will not comply to tyranny. What do you think, Deb? Well, (laughs) you know, last night I I had a friend of mine, Gene, sent me a video from another talk show host who who I do not follow. And the the guy just puts out a bunch of half-truths all the time. And it's profanity-laced nonsense that he puts out. And I listened to part of it. And he was saying how we were winning and the globalists were on the run and all the other stuff. And I'm here to tell you that this same person never talks about his relationship with Jesus Christ. He never talks about the Kabbalists. He never talks about the Luciferians. He never talks about the high-level Masonic leaders that are deeply involved in all of this stuff. He never talks about any of this stuff. He never, never mentions Israel or the Mossad basically having been the ones who had hired Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell to blackmail all of these people 
He never talks about how Israel was unbelievably mad at John F. Kennedy because they would not, he would said they will never have nuclear weapons and he was assassinated shortly thereafter that and he had several other things that also caused that back, that, that, uh, that assassination and all of the stuff that this other show host won't talk about. But it's sad to me that people believe all of this stuff without believing the entirety of it. You've got to look at the spiritual component of all of this stuff. You have to. Then, then the show host was talking about how the people that are running the world are aliens wearing rubber suits. And I'm like, oh, gosh. You realize when people say stuff like that and you quote them that it makes all of us seem like a bunch of loons. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. Okay, They don't have to wear rubber suits, whoever these entities are that are running the planet. This is off of Hollywood nonsense. I mean, this is <laughs> – but again, it makes it sound like we're all nuts. And the people start running around. Oh, they're just running around with rubber suits on. No, they're not. It's, and then he finally, he finally admits that it just, you know, he's using it, you know, as a, as, a, as a metaphor. And then, then it's not true. This hyperbole. And I think to myself, why do you say stuff like that? Well, he does that all of the time in order to basically mislead people, and they're not taking a look at who's really running the planet. He never talks about the central banks, or very rarely Rothschilds, Rockefellers. He very rarely. I've never ever heard him talk about the Kabbalists or the Masonic lodges ever. So got to realize, guys, be very careful on who you listen to. You've got to tie the pieces of the puzzle together because it's a giant interlocking connected spider web that has the nexus in the middle from the international bankers and Luciferians that branch out to literally hundreds, if not thousands of agencies throughout the world. So that's why it's so difficult to try to put the pieces of the puzzle back together again. Again, I don't follow david ike very often but some of the stuff he says is very good now some of this anti-christian rhetoric is complete nonsense and just ignore that but you need to read the book he wrote the trigger t-r-i-g-g-e-r and he talks about 9-11 as the trigger to bring in the new world order it's a long one it's about a thousand page book you go that's a long one a lot of it just read the parts that you find interesting but he'll tell you who's doing it and he goes into the whole thing with sabbatain zibi from 1666 he talks about the Kabbalists. he talks about the luciferians he talks about israel in depths he talks about the zionists who in many cases are not even jewish and of course the bible says that too doesn't it it says that these people claim to be jews but they are not they are of the synagogue of satan when's the last time you heard that preached in the pulpit I'm just asking you, when is the last time you went to church and heard your pastor talk about these people claim to be Jews, but they are not? They are of the synagogue of Satan. It's mentioned twice in the book of Revelation. Hmm? When's the last time you saw an expose on that? We're going to talk about Abraham for two, the next two years, and then it'll be Moses for the next two years. And we learn all about Abraham and Moses. How's that going to help us to avoid a kill shot or a death shot? How's that going to help the company from the country from sinking into tyranny when all we want to talk about is Moses? I was talking to Sharon this morning, I, and we were talking about the children of Israel, the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And I thought, yeah, the ancient Hebrews, I guess you'd call them, because Israel wasn't yet a nation. The ancient Hebrews coming out of Israel. And it, it, was, it, was, it was interesting, because these folks had been so steeped in satanic worship, and Osiris, and you know, in worship and all of the stuff from ancient, the Egyptian mythology and the ancient Canaanite religions, which were also folded into them, that they were basically a bunch of Satanists is what they were. And, and what was funny is they kept getting mad at God. They kept rebelling against God. He kept saying that these are stubborn, stiff-necked people. He was, he was going to kill them all at one point with Moses, and he had enough of it because they wouldn't listen. But isn't that the way we sometimes act as human beings? 
you know, our daddy says something to us on this planet. Like if you go to that party or your mama says something to you, if you go to that party, you may see things you should not see. You may meet people you should not meet. You may hang out with people you should not hang out with. And we go, I don't like it, mom and dad. You're a teenager. You're rebellious. You're a brat. And you go, I don't think that's right. I'll do what I want to do. And I don't care. Let the consequences be, you know, or whatever. And the reality is this. All of a sudden, you start finding out that you've made a bunch of really bad choices that are affecting your life, and you realize that your high school years is where you peaked. And everything after that, you start making really lousy choices. And suddenly, you start to realize, wait a minute, I've got to stop doing this. If you do what Austin says a few minutes ago, if you reach concrete, rational thought, and suddenly you say, hey, they got me on this one. I messed up. I'm not doing this again. I'm going to fix this mess in my life. When you're a child, you act like a child. When you become an adult, you're supposed to act like an adult. And when God tells you to do certain things in the word, in the word of God, in, in the Bible, he's not being mean to you. you got to get that. okay? And I, I know I'm preaching to my group here this morning. I know you guys are like that already. But there are going to be a lot of people listening to the show who really aren't saved, aren't Christians. He's not trying to be mean when he tells you, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. But the progressives want to believe, do whatever you want to do. And hence, you go ahead and run through Nordstrom's, run through Louis Vuitton, don't take more than $1,000 worth of stuff, do a flash mob, 80 people run in, basically with ski masks on, steal everything out of the store that's expensive, run out the door in it. And that's okay, because they're told it's okay by the handlers of this world, by the progressives who say, well, don't you know the reason you're poor is because you're, you're, you've, been, you've, been, you've been suppressed by the white people. And you go, but wait a minute, I got white people that are friends of mine. You know, yesterday we were at the parking lot at the Billmore State. This black couple was walking through the parking lot, and we were driving out. And this guy was dressed up in a coat and tie. I mean, he was sharp. I mean, he looked, he looked great. He had a really nice-looking wife with him. She was dressed up really nice. And I stopped my truck, and I rolled the window down. And I said to them, I said, wow, are you guys a good-looking couple? And Sharon looked at me because she knew what I was doing, and I did it on purpose. Listen to me. My daddy taught me this. Everybody wants to feel important. All of the time. And if you could just stop for your car for one second and let some black people know or let some Hispanics know or let some other white people know, it doesn't make any difference. Make people feel important that maybe we're Christians and maybe we have a higher accountability and maybe there are things that we can do to make people feel like they look good that day, to brighten up their day. Just be nice. You don't have to be mean and mad all the time. This guy gets out of jail and first thing he wants to do is drive through a whole doggone group of people that are having a Christmas parade. Unbelievable. By the way, Austria is freaking out. Everything's being locked down <laughs> while the unvaccinated people in Africa are still not being impacted, nor are they being locked down. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to even cover this news without just shaking your head. Illinois pension shortfall surpasses 500 billion, half a trillion dollars. The average burden now, 110,000 per, per per household. <laughs> while they continue to close the people down, they're creating money and creating people who basically have the ability to create, you know, an economic world engine drive. The Western Journal reports U.S. Navy shipyard is backing down from vaccine requirements and issued huge offer to those that have quit over the uh, forcing of the mandates of the vaccines. A major Virginia shipbuilder that makes vessels for the U.S. Navy is no longer requiring employees to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. The 25,000 employees at Newport News Shipbuilding had initially been told they had to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. But that all changed last week after Mike Peters, the CEO of Huntington Ingalls Industries, told the workers that the January 4th deadline 
it imposed is suspended according to WTKR TV. Now they're wanting to get, to get their people back to work again. You know, you get a person who knows how to build a ship, who has a very high skill set with welding, etc. You don't have to replace them in the next two or three minutes while somebody else is being trained. It's not possible to do that. It takes a long time for people to become experts in their field. Guys, it's all about shutting down the economic world engine. That's what it's about. It's about closing up factories, taking over farms, stopping the food supply, starving the people in the population of the planet to a point where they're going to accept a new world order and a new world dictatorship, and they'll march like blind, mindless zombies to the beat of the new world order. Take another vaccine, peasant. Yes, master. Take another vaccine, peasant. Yes, master. Get on your knees. Yes, master. That's what they want. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord all the days of our life. You always remember who, who God is. He's the great I am. And with God's on your side, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I love you guys. Finish it up, Austin. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And another, it's sad to bring this topic up, but it has to be said so people understand what's really happening. Since the CDC came out and just erroneously stated that women need to get injected with the COVID shot, even though there's been zero clinical research whatsoever to determine it's safe for pregnant women. Zero, by the way. Zero. Most of the time, you can't even do clinical trials on females, especially when it comes to injectables. Because why? The damage it may cause the unborn baby. Imagine that. Well, the VAERS report now, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, as you guys know, which the CDC reports on, (laughs) it is now showing that there are 2,838 recorded fetal deaths following COVID-19 injections now. Did you hear what I said? 2,838. The number has skyrocketed since they recommended that pregnant women start getting the shot. 2,838. And that, guys, that's just this, like, this summer. <laughs> this, you know, since the summer. Now, what's crazy is, if you look at the prior VAERS reporting system of spontaneous abortions or fetal deaths involving women that were injected with any other of vaccinations, you know, 76 other vaccinations, any of those, average is 74 fetal deaths per year, an entire year on the VAERS reporting system post-vaccination. We're already in almost 3,000 fetal deaths just in the last four or five months. That should get everybody's attention. This is nothing more than a eugenics program. If it is so toxic that it's causing spontaneous abortions, what in the world is it doing to these young children and these young adults? And why is everybody that's getting the shot, not everybody, but a large percentage of people coming down with myocarditis when it is a very rare incident in young children and you're having it happen in record cases right now? I had to talk to a doctor the other day. He said the amount of kids that are getting admitted into the pediatric hospital that he knows of is up like 300%. Kids coming in left and right with all these problems right now, horrific problems, and nobody will address the fact that pretty much all the kids that are coming in right now have been injected with this insanely toxic shot. Crazy times we live in, but you got to get the information out there. Also, to another news now, this is good. Finally, some sanity, unanimous 5-0 to zero 
Calveras Unified School District in Calveras County, California, has defied Governor Newsom's command to inject students with the Pfizer shot. Talked about it on Friday. This is huge. They have said that they will not mandate it, they will not enforce it, and they will not support it. This is an experimental drug therapy. It is not a vaccine. That They are not going to allow the children to be forced to be injected with this per Governor Newsom's demands. This is nothing short than tyranny with a big happy face on it that shows everybody, hey, I'm happy. I'm here to force tyranny on you. You should enjoy it. That's all this is done with COVID now. We're going to protect you. We're going to keep you safe. But you have to do what we tell you, even though it doesn't matter how stupid it is. I encourage everybody, continue to get the information out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. We're here to help you guys out the best we possibly can. Be sure to check out the D3 on sale right now and the product of the week, the Testo Plus, back on sale again. Very, very popular product. Pretty much every time it goes on sale or pretty much every gets voted on, it wins. <laughs> very, very good product for increasing natural testosterone production in males. So continue to stay strong. Keep your immune system strong. We got more of the vitamin C powder in stock and more of the zinc just back in stock. And we also have another batch of the organic food buckets coming in, coming in, giving everybody a heads up on inventory. So thank you again for the support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay strong. Stay sharp. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.